Today's episode is presented by the Skin Store. For over 20 years, the Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products. With over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands, the Skin Store has you covered for all your hair, cosmetics, and supplements, and of course, skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like LTMD, New Face, Olaplex, and more, all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Right now, the Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% of your next purchase by using the code POD. That's code P-O-D for 20% of your next purchase at skinstore.com slash pod.list. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Hi, Cameron. Thank you so much for coming to the show. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So you guys know, don't know, but this is actually our second time recording because first recording, <laughs> it just did not work out well uh, on our behalf, most likely because of me, the internet, but he's so generous that we are doing it for the second time. We're, we're back. No worries. Uh, second time, I'm sure will be better because now there's just a, there's a lot more context. The first conversation flowed well. So I'm excited about this second one here and I'm, I'm excited to, to dive in again. Me too. Me too. Uh, and I am supposed to be the podcaster, but you're telling me about these tools that we are using right now today. So <laughs> thanks for that. No worries. I mean, I think for, for anyone who's not in the podcast world, uh, it's, I guess anyone who's ever lost a word document, which used to be a bigger issue than it is now, but where you're, you know, you're typing away in high school or middle school, and then like you forget to hit save or like there's some technical glitch and you lose everything can probably feel the pain. So lo- losing stuff sucks, but it, it happens. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I remember that was me like in college a couple of times, like I had like research papers and you know how research papers are like, they're generally like, I don't know, 10, 20 pages, citation and everything. And I remember a couple of times, like I would like, I forgot to hit save or something or like, I don't know what happened. Then I would have to like start over. It's, then I would try to be like, it's the worst. It's the worst feeling in the world. It's like the, the deep sinking feeling and and, and for, at first there's the stage like wait this di- didn't really happen and then you switch into you're like oh my god I'm gonna have to do this again <laughs> yeah and you're like trying to also remember what you have said then for some reason you just can't remember what you have said it's completely like new story yeah. uh, hopefully ours is going to be better so I'm crossing my fingers so let's get started let's do it yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what are you up to nowadays? Because I know couple, like you changed place already, like since the I last did. time you recorded. So <laughs> this is quite interesting. So tell us about it. Uh, so my name is Cam Woodsome and I'm a, a digital entrepreneur, really a, a passive income entrepreneur. And I've been building internet businesses for the last four years while traveling the world. And my original goal when I started this journey was how do I make enough passive income to never have to work again, and then just to work on like high impact projects and things that bring me meaning. And so I've been doing a lot of work around like COVID and the election last year and different different things in that regard. But 
when we recorded last time, I was in Puerto Rico. And right now I'm in Cabo, Mexico, where I'm planning to spend the next, I don't know, three to six months or so. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm living life. I'm, I'm treating life as a big journey and an adventure and I'm loving every second of it. I love that attitude. Also, I'm like so jealous. <laughs> Cabo. Cabo sounds like a really good place. Like, I feel like that has been in my like list for, I mean, Mexico has been on my list for quite a while, but it was like my like, oh, I, after I graduated from college, I would go then at pandemic. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah, it's been it's interesting traveling during the pandemic. I, I've been traveling since November. I was traveling up until uh, I guess right when the pandemic started, I was in Bali and then I came back and I spent most of last year in the U.S., then started traveling in November of last year, went to Barbados and then Puerto Rico and now here. And there's a lot of kind of backlash, like from people who think that traveling during the pandemic is this like just huge faux pas and something you shouldn't do. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think for places that are open, like places that are welcoming tourists that want tourism, that rely on tourism, the way that we can keep things going and support people and make sure that people have enough food to eat and can keep living is by uh, being tourists, I suppose. And um, hopefully with the vaccine rollout coming out here that things will get back to normal and, and travel will get back to normal and life will get back to as normal as we can. Yeah. What was like, like, I don't know if you had like any responses from like, or like reaction from like close friends or like family that like, you know, they were like, maybe you should stop traveling or like not doing this. Like, did you have any response like that? And you were like, no, Uh, I'm okay. Like, I feel like you don't want to be, you know, aggressive, like against them, like just saying like, you know, like I'm young or whatever, you know, I feel like you don't want to be saying those things. But like, I feel like anything that like, again, you're mentioning is like, you know, you're essentially contributing to the industry, like the economy, essentially. Um, Yeah, so I would say I haven't really gotten pushback from people that I know. It's more been I've been creating a lot of TikTok videos and it's more like pushback from members of the crowd let's call it and I actually I had a video that I made yesterday about being in Cabo and about how the quality of life is great in places where the cost of living is much lower um and it sparks this huge debate in the comments section the video has gotten like a hundred thousand views in a day so it's done pretty well um and it's, there's been a huge debate in the comments section about whether travel and being a tourist is inherently unethical or not, which is kind of an interesting debate. I mean, I'm I'm pretty deep in the camp of uh, you're better off, like for places that want tourism and rely on tourism, it's a more of a net positive to be contributing to that economy and to be supporting people's livelihoods and to be like putting money into that economy than to not like a lot of the criticisms coming from people i guess believe that sitting at home and not contributing to other economies is better for that other economy which is a or better for the people in that economy which is a a tough argument in my book i I don't i don't buy that yeah i feel like 
I mean, I'm so glad you were mentioning this because TikTok is an interesting place. Um, it is. I, I love it. But at the same time, I feel like the occasions that like I got like popular videos, it's all mostly based on hate. <laughs> Mine, mm. at least. I feel mm. like a couple of times I made, because I live in New York City, so I made videos about New York City, but not to just like, uh, crap on it but it's more like just to justify it because like a lot of people are romanticizing about living here uh but then i got shit on like just people saying that like oh i am i am not saying the truth like new york is amazing you know, it's like it has so much to offer even though it's expensive it's great but i wanted to show the downsides to it because i feel like everything has downsides to it so you can't just be like everything is great it's amazing uh because it's not you know <laughs> that's in fairy tales yeah. like nothing is rainbows and like colors and like you're like it's amazing it's great so it doesn't work like that um and i remember that video i made <laughs> that was like hundred thousand views and they were like, uh, no, you are crap. You are shit. Like, this is what it is. Uh, but I'm glad you're talking about that, too, because I think some people, maybe it's just because of pandemic, they think that travel isn't actually optional. Like, it's something that, like, like, I people who are rich doing it or, like, it's just something that, like, it's just something that you should not be doing. Like, it's not required for you to do it. I think that's what they're thinking of in terms of, uh, I don't think they're thinking from a business perspective. I think they're thinking more from like a person's perspective that like, what are you essentially contributing? You know, like you are, you're getting, like, I'm just trying to see their point of view yeah. too, because yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. like uh, it's just kind of like, oh, you're just enjoying your time. You're exploring new places. But what are you getting in, like, what are you giving to other people besides, like, because I feel like a lot of us, like, I can say from my perspective is that, like, sometimes I, I used to get annoyed when people post their, like, vacation pics. And I'd be like, oh, my God, okay, I get it. You have been to, like, I don't know, Mexico. Like, I get it. It was amazing. I get it. I'm over it. <laughs> like, I feel like that's sometimes, like, people get that, too. Just kind of, like, I don't need to see it. And they get sometimes hate for it. That, like, you're traveling. I'm not traveling. I feel like there's so many perspectives that you can really dig on. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. A lot of a lot of the angle for people being upset has to do with when you talk about living in a place with a lower quality or a, a lower cost of living, it means that the people living in that place are making less money than you are uh, mm -hmm. or like less money than, you know, in the US. And ultimately though, I think and this is this is an interesting kind of just like social or political topic, but I, I kind of think that it's not like as a American, it's not our role to tell other countries and people in other cities, like what is best for them. Um, like, you know, sitting in Chicago and saying, Hey, like going to Cabo and spending money in Cabo's economy is bad for Cabo is kind of an odd position to take uh, and it should really be up to the local people. And it's like, if, if countries and people of in specific cities didn't want tourism, then um, I mean, they could stop letting tourists in. And like, that's something that's within their control locally if they really wanted to make that push. Yeah, no, I also like, I remember, I think I made like a video about like when I was traveling to Hawaii, 
because this was back in like I think January and I was literally saying that like Hawaii could technically just like close their borders and be like no one can come but they clearly and they, like, and they did for a while and they did they did for for I think some periods of time essentially yeah yes they did but then they opened it because they clearly yes. like need the money like because I feel like people always just think that like they're just doing it for fun I feel like you really have to see like the why like they are doing it is like they really because 90 percent of like the hawaii especially most islands that that we are not even thinking of they make money from tourism like that that's just how uh how their income like most of their income is coming from so uh i feel like uh, there's perspective on like the health for sure uh but also there's perspective that you need to think about like how are like how are these people are living on and like how is their uh, life is based on tourism because I feel like most of the time we are thinking like we always think that like uh like eating is so important because it's like part of our life but that's the same thing with restaurants so like you were just saying like if like let's just close the restaurants too if you want to also close the you know tourism I feel like that's like a very similar concept because I sent, like their life is depending on it you know restaurants like workers yeah. um I feel like there's so much debate that you can definitely talk about it for sure. But I'm just, I'm again, not surprised that this came from TikTok because on TikTok is like, I feel like you can be saying one thing, then like people can really twist that super, super quick. Yeah. It can definitely turn into a battlefield pretty quickly. Yeah. So how has, uh, because now that you have been, uh, how long has, have you been doing this? Like going back and forth between places so I've been nomading since March of 2017. Um, so I've been doing it a little over over four years. And it started just because I got fed up with like working for other people. I was living in San yeah. Francisco and I had back-to-back employee experiences that I really didn't enjoy. And I knew I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I, I guess I, I used the bad employee experiences along with a breakup and a lease that was about to end as a kick in the pants to take the leap and say, you know what, I am not going to get another job and I need to figure out how to make money independently on my own without a boss, without other people. Um, and so I, I took that leap. And at the time, back in February of 2017, I knew I needed to live cheaply to buy myself time to figure out what business I was going to start. And I could either go live at home with my parents or move abroad and live cheaply abroad. And so I, I chose to go abroad because that seemed a lot cooler. And I yeah. think that that point, which you touched on before a little bit of traveling a lot of people think of traveling because they, they think of travel and they think of vacations. They think of spending a lot of money going and, you know, staying in a nice resort and, and doing different things. Travel can be a very inexpensive experience. Like, um, you know, my life in San Francisco, I don't know how much I was paying per month, but it costs at least three grand a month to live in San Francisco. It's maybe four grand a month. And I moved to Bali and I'm spending, you know, $1,200 a month. And so for, for that time period of extending the money that I had to buy myself time to figure out what I was going to build and how I was going to make money sustainably, living cheaply 
which you can do internationally and doesn't require tons of money is, is a great way to do that. Yeah. I And I think like, I mean, because I recently also had like another uh, person on the podcast that we were talking about. I thought like she was just staying in one place, but she said she wants to start this nomad lifestyle. Nice. Uh, and she told me that also like, because I was always concerned. I'm glad you were also talking about this too. Is that like, I feel like, oh, maybe going from multiple places, it's going to like add up, you know, that's what I always thought. Like, oh, cost is going to add up. You might be actually spending more money than you would on a regular day if you just stay at home. But then I realized that actually it could be so much less than it is. Obviously, it really depends on where you're going for sure. Uh, I feel like that's a lot of factors. But essentially, like most like tropical places that you can think of, your cost is going to be so much lower, like so much lower than how much you will be at home versus because especially when you're at home or like when you have your own place, there's so many bills that's also attached to that place. You know, like if you have a car, like your car payment, mortgage, if you have mortgage, like I feel like there's so many things it's just tied to that place versus mm-hmm. when you're traveling, it's all kind of like, like first either it's tied together because you are just getting a place and they have Wi-Fi and everything versus you paying Wi-Fi every month you know what i mean yeah yeah um and yeah i think that point is really like underappreciated and i also i mean you touched on kind of the non-ownership aspect of being at home and having car payments and mortgages and these different things and traveling and nomading has really shifted my mindset to valuing non-ownership like minimalism having fewer things which brings a simpler life and a clearer state of mind and in many ways i think it's a lot easier to be happy with fewer things in your life because it gives you a lot more space to focus on your own brain and what makes you happy and how the things around you are affecting your happiness and your well-being as opposed to spending time taking care of things and like spending mind space and energy having to worry about different things in your life instead of worrying about yourself yeah because i think it's such a great feeling to just be like i can just pack up and leave instead of thinking about like oh because i always think about this sometimes that like if i get like a place or stuff like because me and my boyfriend we literally just got a place like last year we closed on a place and i'm just like let's just see if I want to move. Like we have this place already. (laughs) So like, uh, I mean, like, because there's always, you know, like, Oh, like seller's remorse or whatever, or like, because I, I wasn't really expecting that like pandemic will happen and everything. So, but I'm just like, sometimes I don't don't think, I don't think any of us were. Yeah, exactly. So, but I'm just saying like so many of it is tied to that. You know, you're just like, well, I can't just drop everything and leave because there are so many things that's tied to me. And like, like I have to get rid of the house or I have to get rid of this and this. Like, I feel like there's so many things, but having that like option to be like, I can just drop everything and leave to somewhere else and start over. Because I feel like we have so many times in our lives, we have like this fear that like we cannot just start over and do something for ourselves because we can just keep thinking like, oh, if I'm doing this for five years, I have to be doing this for the rest of my life because I'm kind of stuck to it uh, versus mm-hmm. what you are mentioning is that like it kind of gives you the freedom that, you know, you can do anything you want. So that's why like I wanted to ask you, like, 
how has the traveling uh, in the world like the change your lifestyle or like just your perspective in life? Oh man, it's changed it in so many ways. I think I'm trying to think where to begin with this one. I mean, I guess I would say if I'm just I'll, I'll rattle off some and then I'll, yeah. I'll go deeper. But mm-hmm. traveling has made me much more easygoing. It's made me much less attached to things, to what other people think of me, to uh, it's helped me to disconnect from mindsets that I grew up with that I don't think helped me, like societal programming and different programming that, that was in my brain. Traveling and being outside of my home society helped me to really step back and analyze different patterns and ways of thinking and decide what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to discard and change. Like it really helped me to reinvent myself and reinvent my life in many ways because just because of the space and going on a solo journey. I think there's a lot to be said for taking time to be by yourself, separate from friends, family, like and and even society as as a whole. And that space just gives you just a lot of a lot of time to breathe and time to really reflect and deconstruct your life and and chart your path forward and i wouldn't trade that for the world and i've become somewhat addicted to it from the perspective of from like a personal development and improvement perspective every time you change places is almost an opportunity to make a huge level up in your life because you're starting fresh. The people that you're around for the most part, unless you're traveling with the same people, if you're around new people, you get to think about what has happened beforehand in your life and make changes to say, you know what, I want to try to be Uh, I want to try to be a lot more assertive. I want to try to be a lot more active, like changing places and changing your environment and changing who you're around just gives you a whole reset opportunity to just change all of your habits thinking uh, in a way that I think it's hard to replicate that in any other way. So I just, I love the, the reset opportunity and so many of the other things that, that come with traveling, but yeah. Those are my yeah. off off the top thoughts there. Got it. I think one thing uh, I'm pretty sure many people would think this too is that like I feel like I always liked love traveling honestly, but I think biggest concern for me uh, was that like just being by myself like or just doing things by myself because I am such a people person like I love being with people and uh, just talking to people like just that's just my thing like I love that. Uh, that's why like I I think. I think probably maybe once or twice in my life, I traveled solo uh, very few times. Uh, and it wasn't like a worst experience, I would say. It was definitely like a challenging, but still great like experience that I would say. Uh, but would you say like nomad lifestyle is mostly solo, right? Like, would you say that? Uh, I think it depends. I mean, right now I'm traveling with a girlfriend and with 
with a friend and his girlfriend for the most part. So I'm sort of doing a group travel right now, but there's also, mm-hmm. there's group travel programs. Um, there's Wi-Fi tribe, there's remote year, there's different group travel things. Mm-hmm. And then because of co-working spaces and hostels, there's different like easy ways to plug in and meet lots of people. So I think there there's ways to accommodate that. So it's a long-winded way of saying it's whatever you want it to be and whatever you make it out to be. But would you say it makes it easier to just be more with a partner versus... No, I just feel like there's definitely other sides to it being just solo because you can essentially make any decision you want in that trip. Versus, because yes. I feel like everyone has different perspective. You know, Some people are... Like when they're traveling new places, they want to explore every single possible thing that you can think of in that place. Versus some other people, they might want to see maybe one or two things. Um, I feel like there are some people, like I know my sister, like for example, she would like be a tourist. She had like a checklist that'd be like, I'm going to visit this exact every single place that I can think of. Like I don't want to have like, I don't want to miss out on anything. Like she always have that. But I feel like I am that kind of person. Like I would be like maybe one or two place but then I am out. So I feel like in that term, like traveling solo is definitely brings. Yeah. A a lot more freedom and flexibility if you're going solo, because to your point, you can, you just have a lot more control over everything that's happening. Yeah. But did you start solo uh, or did you start it with friends or uh, with your girlfriend then? uh, So I did the first nine months solo Mm -hmm. and then I added a business partner and we traveled together for a year and then I did a year and a half solo and then now have a girlfriend. We've been traveling together since November. So I've I've done both, I suppose. Got it. Got it. And which one do you like the most? And you would say? Uh, well, I really like my girlfriend. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No, I meant I'm... like just in terms of traveling that like yeah, that yeah, yeah. is. I, I like them both. I mean, I think they have they have pros and cons. I really like starting out solo. Like I wouldn't have changed that for the world mm-hmm. because for all the reasons I list out before, yeah. but, but I, I love a lot of the, the experiences that come with being solo are fantastic. I've also really enjoyed, I, tr- I really enjoyed traveling with my buddy for a year because it meant everywhere we went, like, you know, we could go to a bar and we're there together and it's just, it's much easier to go, and do things and you had someone to explore with and that's fun. And it's the same thing with my girlfriend now, you know, we went out and tried some random restaurant last night and it's, it's more fun sharing experiences with other people, especially other people you really like being around. Yeah. So, for sure. uh, it's great, great both ways, depending on, on what you want and who you're with. Yeah. So other part, I guess I'm concerned more the like the business side, uh, because sure. di- you didn't uh, really have a business when you started Nomad, right? Like that was you you just left a job because I know uh, you said on the blog. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Like you left DoorDash at that time, right? Yes. So I left DoorDash in ju- early July 2016, and then I job hunted and I I tried to get into something in like sustainability or climate change related, couldn't find a gig. And then I ended up joining another on-demand company in early 2017, found out that the CEO had lied about their growth and profitability metrics. 
Shocking. And so I quit. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. This just uh, happens quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I quit when I found out. And that was the kicker where I was like, I need to, I need to do it on my own. I don't want to be an employee. And yeah, when I started, I, I didn't really know how I was going to make money. I had an entrepreneurial background where in high school I was selling stuff on, on eBay. And then right after high school, I managed a hip hop artist and he got a few million hits on YouTube and um, we made like six figures of revenue in the first year. So, so I wasn't completely green. I had some experience and I tried to start, I'd done those. And then during college, I tried to start a bunch of other businesses, but I hadn't really had anything that was successful or, or sustainable successful either. Um, so yeah, I just took the leap. I just, my back was against the wall and I said, I need to figure it out. And I'm going to mess around and try to start a bunch of different things and see what I can do. And when I started, my goal was to hit ramen profitability within 60 days, which from a Bali perspective, I needed to be making like a little over a grand a month in profit. Mm -hmm. And then that would at least cover my expenses. Yeah. And I was able to do that in 40 days, which gave me a lot of confidence. So my goals were how can I hit ramen profitability? And then how can I hit like five grand per month within six months, which was basically my mark of uh, initially is I have enough money to be able to travel and to buy more time. And then five grand would give me, uh, I don't need to get a job for a little while. And then the next goal after that was how do I make enough passive income to retire and not have to work again? And hitting that first benchmark, which I really did by reselling American goods to international buyers on the internet. So I was using eBay to sell, like there's a, a random niche of products, American products, where they won't will not ship their products internationally. Interesting. And, but there's international buyers who want to buy these products, but they cannot get them. And so I ended up having a service where I would figure out what these items were. I would list them on eBay at a markup and people would buy these items from me and I would figure out how to get them out of the country. And I should say, it's not like I'm selling drugs or anything like actually illegal. I was just uh, selling like it was electronics, clothing, different, different random things of that sort. Um, and that was a great business. That one, that one got going quickly and paid my bills for the first year of my travels, essentially. Wow. That, that is so smart. I think that is something that a lot of people, uh, underestimate, uh, that like the power of like just marking up and selling things online. Uh, I remember I did that when I was, uh, in high school actually, uh, through eBay and I was just in the States, you know, it was just, I, I think I bought like some stuff like from thrift stores and random yard sale, then I would like put some price up on it and like just sell it. Yep. I think that's just very smart. But what about, because you, you don't have just one business, right? You have multiple businesses. Yeah. So now I have a portfolio of mostly content and affiliate businesses, okay. which are basically websites with information. They get traffic from Google mm -hmm. search 
and they make money by linking to other sites where people buy things. So someone Googles something, comes to my website, clicks on a link, buys something, and the store they buy from pays me a commission on that sale. Uh, and so I have a, a portfolio of different businesses in that space that have done pretty well. Um, and so those, like, I probably work on those maybe 30 minutes a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just make a significant amount of just rolling passive income, which lets me just live life and hang out in Mexico and surf. And now, now I'm, I mean, I'm really focused on creating content to help people who are interested in passive income and travel. And I'll, I'll plug my site, which is freedomiseverything.com. If you're interested in going deeper. <laughs> that's great. I will also put that in the best place for it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, no, that's actually, that was going to be my next question, but I think it kind of answers. Uh, because I was always wondering that, like, if you're managing multiple businesses, how are you doing that, you know, while you're traveling? But I'm assuming that since they are mostly affiliate businesses, you don't always have to be working on them. Like, as, like, I just feel like you can no. be putting work yeah. in them maybe once a month for, I don't know, for a few, for like maybe hours, some hours, then you will be all set for, for a while. Yeah. And content and information type businesses, everything from affiliate businesses to courses and other info products are very passive. Like if you think about mm -hmm. building a website with information, as long as it's not based on like real time information that needs to be updated on a rolling basis, when, evergreen content. Yeah, evergreen yeah. content. When you put it out there, it's valuable for an extended period of time. And so you create that content once and then it will hold its value for a while and will continue to be valuable. So, you know, while I'm sleeping, while I'm surfing, while I'm doing whatever, people are going to the site, they're going and then buying things and the business is just rolling along without me. No, that that's amazing. Uh, but would you say like, did you have... Um some difficulties in the beginning for setting these up and you know i feel like well, you obviously like i feel like affiliate income is definitely great and that's something that also chunk of my income is actually coming from but i know for sure at nice. least for me uh it definitely took a while to get there it didn't just like happen like once i started because i feel like at least for me from what i know is that like i had to build some credibility uh on my end so like people actually can buy things from me uh because the way i make it most of the time is like because either they use my code that like brand gives me the code and that's how i get the commission from or they just go to my youtube because the youtube is my the number one converting one that gets everywhere uh but how was that for you uh, i would say because i feel like yes you might have educational content but would anyone just click on it and buy things from it or maybe they get they do i don't know <laughs> i'm just asking the origin of my like first affiliate site was basically i started a personal blog back in college where I was just writing random stuff. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was an experiment where, I, why did I create a blog? I mean, I just wanted to practice building a website and practice writing and putting out different stuff. So I was writing email newsletters that I'm reading, um, my favorite playlist from my sophomore year of college, just like random stuff. And I had installed mm -hmm. Skim Links, which is this, uh, affiliate. Yeah, I know. It's like an affiliate link that turns every, like whatever the partners they have yes. into like this affiliate yeah, link. Yeah, it turns yeah. every link on your website into an affiliate link. So if someone clicks on something and then buys something, you get paid. And 
I had written a bunch of random stuff. I installed skim links and then I kind of didn't pay attention to it from 2015 to 20, early 2017. And basically while I wasn't looking, this site started getting more Google traffic where it was getting search traffic and it was making like 30 to $40 a month, like 25 to $40 a month, just on a rolling basis no content writing from my perspective. And it was just the content that was there was just making money. And so when I popped my head up and I decided that I was going to start businesses and figure out how to make money, and I looked at what had been happening, I thought about, wow, that's really interesting. And what if I like go deeper and try to capitalize on the different opportunities that have uh, showed promise so far. And so th- my original affiliate site was basically just an SEO experimentation site where I just ran experiments and tried different things. And then things that worked, I doubled down on and it's worked out pretty well. And I, I think one of my really big learnings, which for anyone who's interested in starting a business, this is one of my my biggest learnings and and things that I write about is one of the simplest ways to start a business is to find a business that's making a decent amount of money. That's not very complicated and just to build something similar, like either something that's inspired by that business where you build something slightly different or something that you think is better, or you just copy and compete. And my business of exporting American products internationally, the reason I got into that was because I bought a drone on eBay that was marked up because drones were sold out at the time. And I was just curious because I was looking for ideas. I was curious about this eBay store and what they were selling and who they were selling it to. And I realized they were selling a lot of marked up products and that they were selling them to international buyers. And I, so I just stumbled on this whole category and then went down a huge rabbit hole of what other things can I sell and like, and, and testing it out. And it ended up working out pretty well. And with some, some of the affiliate stuff, I got hooked in because one of my posts was making money. And then when I went deeper, I really spent time looking at what other sites are making money and how are they making money and what are they doing? And I use that as like inspiration for strategies that I then implemented. So it's a big piece of advice for anyone listening, which is like study simple internet businesses that are making money and use that as a blast off point to like get started and to get going. Yeah, I think people nowadays think that like because I feel like maybe I don't know before we were born, like I feel like it's it was very easy to invent things. Because there were many things. But I feel like nowadays, we have access to everything pretty much. You know, there there's just so much is out there. And people think that, like, they just have to reinvent the wheel and, like, just get something completely new. But I feel like there's so many businesses that I have even seen myself that, like, they it's essentially the same business, but they change just a little bit of things. Like, it could be yes. the timing, yes. it could be the design, or it could be the, the way it's presented like i feel like it's very small things 
I mean, because since you worked at DoorDash, like I'm just gonna say, like, because nowadays when we think about it, how many like services for food? You know, there's Uber Eats, there's DoorDash, there's Caviar. Um, I don't know. There's just so many. When you think about it, at the end of the day, they all have one purpose: just order food. You know, but I feel like because each one is designed in a certain way, offered in a certain way, that like they're targeting specific cuisine or they are doing in a certain way like or I, I just forgot one of them name like postmates like or that's completely different that's kind of like postmating everything that you can get so i feel like you just have to find something unique and it doesn't have to be like extraordinary that makes it um so unique i feel like um there's also something you mentioned on the i think it was on your blog you said best way to start a company by starting a company and i think it's true because i feel like so many times in our life you're just keep thinking that yeah let me research more let me learn more but i know this even from my own experience that like you're not gonna learn what you need to learn unless you start because you keep thinking like yeah i'm gonna learn but the best way to learn to make the mistake that you need to make. Yeah, I 10,000% agree. I think it's something that many people talk about, but a lot of people emphasize, oh, you should, the old school approach is, oh, you should get experience. You should, you know, do all this different stuff, which a lot of that can help. But like to your point, there's nothing that replaces starting a business. And if you want to learn how to build businesses, the best way to learn is by building businesses and jumping in. And there's no, there's no replacement for the actual hands-on experience of building something. Yeah. Uh, What is something that like, that was so difficult to go through during your nomad lifestyle and that kind of maybe shaped you to who you are today? Like, was there any like bigger, like lesson or anything that you're like, that really changed me as a person. Probably the big shaping experience would be uh, battling acne. So I, man, I dealt with acne starting in 2000, maybe seven, which is back in high school. And after I started nomading, um, or, or while I was nomading, I was dealing with acne as well. And it would, it, for anyone who's dealt with acne, it, it comes and goes. Like it, it would go in waves for me where at times my face would be clear and at other times I would just have a lot of acne and I wouldn't really want to interact with people and wouldn't want to mm-hmm. be social and go outside and I'd kind of just stay in my room and work, which ended up being a great thing because I think it helped me to lay the foundation for the life I'm living now because I spent a lot of time just working during those time periods. But 20... Let's see what year it was. 2018 was a really tough year for me because 2017, I started nomading. Life was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was making money. I was on top of the world. 2018, I wanted to scale my business further. And I also made it my absolute goal to overcome acne and to do everything humanly possible in my power to overcome acne, which was, I cut tons of stuff out of my diet. I, I did, like, I stopped doing all nighters. I tried to reduce stress. I, I tried to do a lot and ultimately it failed. Like it just did not work. Um, my acne stayed, like I, I just, di- it did not improve at all. 
And it wasn't until early 2019 when I got on Accutane, which was kind of a last resort. I didn't want to take prescription drugs, but it was my only other option. And Accutane like cleared it up very, very quickly. And so that was a whole battle for me in both my nomadic experience and in my life was going through this, this acne experience. And I think my biggest takeaway is if you really want to overcome something, the moment you decide I will go to the end of the earth to succeed in this and that I will stop at nothing is the moment like when you will definitely be successful. Because if you commit like every ounce of your being to overcoming something or to doing something, and there's nothing that you will, there's nothing that you will not like do to accomplish that, then uh, you have taken full ownership and control and you are all in. The moment you're all in, like things will really, really change for you. And I battled acne for almost a decade on and off where I tried different things. I did different things, but I took a mentality of, I will do everything to beat this. And that's when things really shifted for me. And it's been a powerful lesson for other things in my life as well. When you give 10,000% commitment to doing something, the results will be dramatically different. Oh, this is this is great that I wanted to ask. This is like a great segue to what I wanted to ask because I saw some people were saying this about like nomad lifestyle. Would you say that like this kind of takes a toll on your health in general, like having this lifestyle? Because some people were mentioning that like because they have like weight gain, maybe because like they are trying like new food in the countries or stuff like that, or like they are actually sick from eating food, like because, you know, it's a new country, different kind of food, or because they are not working out, maybe. That's another thing I want to ask you too, is like, how was that changing? You know, because obviously you won't be just like getting a gym all the time because it's a different country and everything, but like some tips that or some stuff that you can mention. So I would say I'm so much healthier now than when I started traveling. Mm -hmm. Even if you look at photos of me now versus then, like I'm in much better shape. I feel much better. I'm happier. Like I think my life and my state of mind and my health are all so much, so much better. Um, I think the, well, the big things for me is, is figuring out, uh, figuring out what you can do on a rolling basis exercise wise that you'll really enjoy. Right. I think exercise is such a big thing and I love surfing. Like, so spending out time, spending time outside in the water with really intense exercise while I'm surfing is a really good way to stay healthy for me. Um, and then eating wise, I think that's something that, eating such a personal thing to all of us, you know, we like different things, we have different tendencies. So I think that's something that everyone has to, to manage on their own a bit, I suppose. But uh, wherever you go, you can figure out how to eat healthy and eat well. It just, you know, you may have to make sacrifice or you may have to cook more, or eat at specific places frequently. Um, but I think it's interesting. I hadn't really heard about the, the health thing. People talking about their health their health getting worse from traveling. I mean, I could see it. I could see it if you're traveling very frequently. Mm -hmm. This is something that you talked about before around 
cost or, or you've touched on this, but, um, traveling at least like it's much cheaper and probably healthier to travel at least on a like month to month basis where at a minimum you're in, you're in a place for a month. And now I'm doing three to six months in most places. But when I started, I was doing five to seven weeks in any given place. Mm-hmm. Um, but the faster you travel, the more hectic it's going to be and the harder it's going to be to maintain routines like exercising and uh, you know, eating at consistently good places that you find healthy. So fast travel, I think, would be much more challenging from a health perspective. And slow travel is going to be fairly similar to wherever you are living, you know, at home. Although hopefully if, if you're only hitting warm places as I do, I get a lot more opportunity to be outside and to like experience nature and exercise. For sure. That's what I was going to say because uh, another person I interviewed, she's like currently in Miami and she's like, I never used like run. Like she never used to run ever. Like she's like, I hate it. But like she's now running every day in Miami. So I'm like, okay, I guess it, it does affect you a lot. So that's what I was thinking. Saying the same. The sun, the sun will do magical things in your life. <laughs> So what is uh, what are some of your handles that people can find you and more things that they can find about Nomad Lifestyle that you can tell us? Then I will put them in the deficit notes. Sure. So my main website is freedomiseverything.com, which is my site where I'm writing about passive income, digital nomading, and life. And there's also remoteworkhub.com, which is a remote job board that I started. And then as far as socials go... Um, at Cam Woodsum on every social media platform. So C-A-M space W-O-O-D-S-U-M. I'm really active right now on TikTok, also on YouTube, on Instagram. I'm now, I just started posting on Snapchat again, uh, Facebook, where, wherever you want to find me, I'll be there. So, um, <laughs> and then if you have questions, if you have thoughts, if there's anything you want to talk about, feel free to shoot me a DM. I'm pretty responsive and, uh, I'm around, so feel free to reach out. Sounds good. Oh, one thing. This is so side note, but I do want to ask the question. Uh, so you mentioned Snapchat uh, yeah. because a lot of people are, you know, a lot of Snapchat is definitely making a comeback because they have now Snapchat Spotlight. Uh, yep. Have you heard about it? Yep. yep. Uh, people are like making bank, like 100K, 20K, any luck or anything you have so- done. I'm so I'm, curious. I'm, I'm probably an idiot. I should have been posting on there. Granted, I've only done about 15 short form videos, but I haven't been posting on there. I just posted my first video today and it has zero views so far. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to circle back and keep you updated there. Yeah, yeah definitely. We'll do a follow-up. I, I saw a TikTok where someone was like, How did I make two hundred thousand dollars this month? And they were like, Snapchat spotlight. And I was like, I mean, I'm already making videos. I should be reposting. There's no reason for me not to do this. So thank you so much for coming to the show and uh, sharing your story. So thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's, it's good to do a round two here and, and I'm glad we ran this back. <laughs> <laughs>